Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week, we sit around and discuss one of our favorite albums from the past. We hope you enjoy our show. Alright guys, welcome back to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. We are continuing our journey through Van Halen's discography. We are going to finish up tonight the beginning of the Roth, or the end of the Roth era, with 1984's review. And um, this is going to sum up of what we feel, what we've seen, and what we've heard from 1978 to 1984. Guys, looking forward to this. I think we jump right into this. Um, I'm going to say, Chris, Anthony, you guys ready to do it? Let's go. All right, boys. I think we all agreed. I'm going to go ahead and start this one. On. I'm pretty excited about that. There's two reasons why I'm excited about this album. album. Uh, I think number one is because I was 11 when this came out. Um, and I do remember everything about this. I remember the jump video coming out. I remember, oh my God, so much stuff about the MTV era, as you guys both did, I'm sure. Um, this is, I remember my mom buying me this cassette at Rose's in like on the, we were on the way to my, my family's house in Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, and we stopped at Roses in Wise, Virginia, of all places. Never will forget it. Bought this <laughs> and a couple other cassettes. But, um, man, this was the beginning of probably my true love for Van Halen at, at 11. So, um, obviously, the first track, 1984, instrumental. We kind of decided to lean this toward the intro to jump. Uh, look at it one way or the other. Um, I'm thinking... You know, we can give this thing credit for sure if you want to. It's just a, it's just basically filler. It's first filler intro. Anyway, um, it's okay. I went ahead and gave it an eight. However, I know you guys want to rope this into the song Jump itself. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, guys. I know there may be some mixed opinions about this, but Jump is iconic. I don't care how we look at it. I actually like the song. It's the probably the first song I remember jumping around to as a child or as an 11-year-old raising all kinds of cane in my house. So it's a 10 on my end. That's going to be the end of the discussion on that. Chris, what do you think? You know, the this this song is a little bit of a conundrum for me because there's no denying this is an iconic song. Uh, I don't think... Uh, I don't think anybody could ever deny that. Actually, I think it's the only song they ever had that that went number one, if I'm not mistaken, ever. You could be right, dude. They're yeah. only they're only number one single. Uh, so uh, you know, it's that said, it's not <laughs> it's not even close to my favorite song on this album, and I really don't can't say it's one of my favorite songs by them. It's it's good, and I know it's iconic. So. What do you do? Do you give it a iconic score of 10 or do you give it a score? What I would probably give it a very good, a seven. I decided I'd split the, I decided to split the difference because it is iconic. You can't ignore that. It put them on the map a lot in a lot of ways. And, uh, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to give it an eight and a half. Okay. I'm, I'm just not a big keyboard guy and that's pretty much all this song is, but I mean, respect for what it was and, and what it did for them. And again, I know this was kind of them pushing into the synthesizer error, uh, but yeah, eight and a half for me. Hey, fair enough. Anthony, how about you? Well, I mean, 1984, I know we lumped it together. I gave that a solid five. And it's been kind of sticking in my crawl all week that uh, it was starting out now with something like that when you got 
jump in Panama waiting in the wings behind it. You got to sit through a minute of that. So um, <laughs> yeah. I still don't understand why that's not. I think it should go in front of I'll wait. I think that'd be the perfect intro to I'll wait. If you, if you think about it, because so, that, that's a very keyboardy song and it's more of a mellow keyboardy song like this intro of 1984. So they should have just done that and just let the album start with jump and literally just jump right into it. So, um, that was my big thought on that one. Any other stuff? Everything works in it from start to finish. Um, I really can't say much about it. It's a 10. It's iconic. But I'm kind of like Chris at the same time. It's not one of my favorites. A personal rating maybe an 8.5 or a 9, even though I do really enjoy it. But I think you can't give it nothing less than a 10 because of what it means for Van Halen and people like us when we started seeing it back when we were kids. Oh, yeah. You know. No, I, it's this album is a conundrum, guys. It absolutely is a conundrum, and uh, of course, I think this is probably going to be the real, the only mixed song between all of us. I would imagine. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, it, it is iconic, in my opinion. This is basically what put them in pop culture in '84. Hey, before um, before yeah, we move on to the next song, there, I'd like. <laughs> there were a couple other notes I took on this. Uh, I listened to a few podcasts this week talking about Van Halen and done some more research. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, uh, the this song debuted at number two on the charts. The song that debuted at number one was Beat It by Michael Jackson. And Eddie Van Halen uh, yeah. lended himself to that song and played guitar <laughs> on right. it. That, that really stuck right. in David Lee Ross' craw, apparently. The fact that... <laughs> <laughs> that he uh, he did that and uh also uh, i'd read that he kind of procrastinated on his uh on on set doing the vocals for this song he I, I don't know if he just didn't like the the whole uh you know keyboard aspect of it and it took him a while they you know said he sat on it on putting vocals together for this while while eddie had had done the keyboard part a long time ago so i found that interesting you, you do know the uh, lyrical reasoning behind this allegedly. Let's hear Roth, Roth was apparently was witnessing to somebody. Uh, it may have been on TV or it may have been a per- person, but a guy was on a um, top of a building in the middle of uh, getting ready to commit suicide, basically. And he's he's thinking to himself, you might as well just joking. jump. I'm not even joking, dude. I straight read that somewhere today. That, is that not insane? <laughs> That's great. You might as well jump. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, deep uh, and dark, <laughs> deep and dark. All right. Could you, right, you know, this, before we get off jump, I was thinking today, if we replace the majority of the keyboards with guitar, with Eddie's guitar, how much would that change that song and the style and everything? Just imagine all the keyboard parts being a guitar instead of I being a keyboard. I don't know if I could even visualize it. It, it Yeah. It would just it would change it in so many ways. Well, that would, that would let, bump it up a lot for me, I think. Well, it might bump it up, but I think Eddie Van Halen was sitting on this one for about two, three, maybe four years. This this riff for jump right. on the on the keyboard. So yeah. I think this one was going to come out no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's true. Right. Well, let's get this. Let's keep this rolling, boys. We've got uh, we've got eight more, or seven more to go for sure. Um, brings us up to track number three. It's Panama. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if we need to rate this one. This is a solid 10. <laughs> this easy book, 10. I mean, this song is great. It's absolutely an easy 10. It's it's catchy. It's got 
the video is just ridiculous. It's Roth trying to be sexy, the band hopping around. It's it's great. It's just great. It's pure cheese. I know it is. However, I love it. Um, this is a close favorite on this album. I think I've got a tie for favorite on this record. Um, but this is definitely going to be a close one. It, it, it could be this one, and it could be another one. But, uh, guys, fantastic. Ten on my end. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I, this song, and this is a bold statement I'm getting ready to make. <laughs> it is my favorite Van Halen song of all time. I, no I remember the I remember the first minute I, I heard this song, and it absolutely grabbed me from the get-go. Love it. Love love the guitar, the drums, the bass, the vocals. Uh, it, it's just an iconic song. Obviously, I'm going to give this a 10, if I hadn't said already. But I really think it may be my best, my favorite Van Halen song of all time. And yeah, it's wow. a little cheesy, but it's great. It really yeah, is. It's, this is what the 80s was about, no doubt about it. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, I gave it a solid 10 as well. Easy, pretty uh, easy 10 in my book. Uh, my notes, I said orgasmic drum intro, followed by a killer guitar. Um, again, everything works. I said easily one of the best songs they ever made, maybe the best. Dave's talking part is so sexual, you need a shower afterwards. And uh, interesting fact, the car in the background is Eddie's 1972 Lamborghini. The yeah, car Eddie was a collector, little, dude. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a collector, he loved those cars. Yeah, yeah. So. And it wasn't that where they, he sort of met Sammy Hagar or something and that had to get his car fixed? It was the Ferrari circle they had met. Yeah, that's correct. At the same garage. Yeah. So, this, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. Easy 10. Yeah, yeah, guys. I knew there was not going to be any kind of. I knew Jump was going to be our our conundrum. It's going to be Panama. a lot of fanboying on this album. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, guys. This right here. I mean, you're. I was eleven. I'm pretty sure you guys were eleven, if not twelve, at the oldest. Um, this uh, this album has young, early puberty all over it. You know what I mean? You love the videos. I mean, and we're going to get to some good videos here in a couple of seconds. But uh, uh, this brings up the track for Top Jimmy. This one right here is where, in my opinion, it kind of slacked up. It's a good song. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I just, I want to say lyrically, uh, Roth was, must have, I don't know the story behind this song at all, but he must have knew somebody and he was just calling him Jimmy in this song. I don't know, kind of running with it because he's the king. You know what I mean? I, I laugh because that's my name, but uh, I'm giving this one a seven. I think it's a great song, but it's not, it's not, yeah, I know, I know. It's a seven in my book. I think it's great, but it's just not, uh, it's not the top or the, it's not, it's probably the second worst song on the album, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, Chris, I think you're crazy about that one, Jimmy. You guys can call it what you want. It's yeah, just my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's I disagree a, with that too. Uh, this, 100%. this is a, a good up-tempo song. I, I will admit it's not iconic. Uh, and, and it's sandwiched between some iconic songs, but seven is it, very good for you, those of you listening at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, <laughs> but this is better than very good. This was one of my favorites when I was a kid as well on this album. I know it's not iconic, uh, so I'm not going to give it a 10, but I am going to give it a nine. Wow. Uh, it's just, it reminds me of the old days. There's some nostalgia involved with this one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, but I, I love this song, and I always have, and I'm yeah, 9 out of 10 for me. Excellent. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, I'm going with the 9 as well. It's uh, toe-tapping, upbeat, 
chorus harmonies are sharp. Guitar work is amazing. Dave's in top form with the kind of rap style vocals he's got going. And how do you not love the close of that Oh Jimmy at the very end? For goodness sake. <laughs> That's just a perfect way to close the song. Yeah, you know? It's ridiculous. And I did read or something that this song was written by like a hot dog vendor that served in a band or something on the weekend, something crazy like that. And that's where he kind of got the name, something like that. I forgot, I forgot the whole story, but the guy played in a band, he's like King Jimmy or something like that. So the song was so, about a hot dog vendor. Is that, is that right? Well, the Are guy who me? ran like, the, like this, <laughs> I don't know if it's a hot dog vendor, but he ran something okay. like, close to where their studio was or something to that effect. Okay. I don't know the whole story, but he, he was in a band, the guy who ran this, whatever it was. And that's where Dave kind of saw him and inspired the song. I so, got you. No kidding. I never knew that. Yeah, that's not, you know, the, don't take those verbatim facts. I'm just saying it's a roundabout version of the facts. So to look yeah. it up, it's an interesting story. So. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I tell you what, that's uh, that's news to me. And guys, I'm not knocking the song. Like I said, Seven is very good. It's a very good song. Um, this does bring us to the fifth song, the last song on side one of this album drop dead legs and i know that uh yeah i said we're kind of going downhill but this is an absolute spike back up this song is fantastic the riffing on this the guitar work on this is awesome in my opinion i love it i've always loved this song it's a nine in my book um it's not iconic i I really i mean it's a strong nine absolutely strong line i wouldn't give it a 10 i don't believe based on the other criteria on this record but or the other songs on this record but it's a nine guys chris what do you think yeah i love this song too uh, i gave it a nine and a half uh it's pure van halen the, the, the guitar riffs on this and the chorus michael anthony does a really good job of the background oh, vocals yes. on this one too and i love the outro in this song they kind of just for like about i don't know 30 45 seconds just the way it just kind of goes out fades out uh I saw, we are listening to a podcast today that Anthony kind of suggested, and uh, the guys on there <laughs> said this was like a, a stripper song, if you will, something you'd hear in a strip club, but I could totally, you hear that, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, I, I get that, That that's, that's a good uh, good nod to that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, fantastic song, nine and a half, I mean, it's, it's not iconic, but it's dang close, I mean, if it weren't for some of the other songs on this album, it'd be a 10, so yeah, great song. Excellent, excellent. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, I gave it a nine. Um, again, it's another thumper. It's the kind of song you need big old speakers for when you have them in your home. Um, the harmonies are excellent. Guitar solo is a thing of beauty. I mean, it's just a great song from start to finish. It's an easy nine. I mean, they they were firing on all cylinders at the start of this album. So, <laughs> yeah. and they keep going in the next two songs. <laughs> too, so. Yeah. Excellent, uh, yeah. excellent. Easy Man, you know what? I agree, I agree. So we're in agreement. First side of this album, very, very solid. Uh, probably a collection of the best, uh, four of their best songs <laughs> on one side of any given album. Am I correct? <laughs> Absolutely. Can't disagree. Let's flip this thing over to the other side, and we're going to go to track number six, Hot for Teacher. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This song is terrible. It's the worst <laughs> song on the record. Yeah. It's absolute farce. It's an iconic tune, guys. This is a 10. It's a great song. The video is absolutely hysterical. 
And if you guys listening at home are young, this is politically incorrect for anyone who watches this video. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's just a great song, great riff. Uh, he does some killer tapping licks on this. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, legend, absolute legend. I love this song. Um, once again, iconic as it gets. Ten, Chris. I can't disagree. It's uh, blistering drums, blistering guitars. God, yeah. True, truly iconic song. It's it's a ten for me as well. It's really the first time I think Alex has had the chance to really show his chops. Yeah, he definitely does it. He was he's always in the past been kind of in the background, but man, and, and you know I saw a, a live video from a tour they did the the tour they did on this album, and I think it was like the second song they did on in that tour. And he plays a drum solo at the end of this that goes on for like 10 minutes. And it's just like, man, he just crushed it. I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable wow. song. It, wow. Truly iconic. It's You know, I, it seems kind of like we're being lazy here, just giving all these 10s out. But I mean, this is a stretch of, of greatness. their best it's work ever. a stretch ever. of yeah. greatness. Period. So, yeah, it's a 10 for me as well. All right, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, it is a 10 for me as well. And intro, intro, intro. The drums uh, are amazing. And I read that it was, it was four bass drums. That's how he made that sound. That did it did it to start. He did for use four bass drums somehow to start it. Then yeah, I guess he went back Jeez. into the normal two or whatever. So, and, you know, I said that it's uh, the drums and guitars are working together like sex on the beach. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. Sandy and painful. Okay, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) In the movie, they make it look beautiful. I'm sure a lot of it's pain in the butt. (laughs) Literally. That's funny. Um, And the guitar solo is from the gods. I mean, it's a killer guitar solo. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It just, no flaws. Zero issues. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, guys, it's great. It's great. And that throws us into number seven. Track number seven, second song on this side, I'll Wait. If you weren't surprised by the beginning of this album, this song probably threw you into overdrive. However, this song absolutely is a incredible song. My book, it, this is honestly, as weird as this may sound, this is my favorite song on this record. Um, I love it. I love I'll Wait. It's not a guitar-driven song by no means. It does have a good guitar solo. Um, it's a 10, period. I mean, I can't even discuss it. It's a 10. Chris? Yeah, this is another iconic song by these guys. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was... Uh, and, you know, I didn't really care for the, the synthesizers and stuff on Jump, but but I love them here. It fits with this song. Uh, right. This is probably right. the closest thing David Lee Roth ever did to a power ballad, I guess. I, I, I don't know if... if uh, this <laughs> really isn't a ballad. I guess that's not a good comparison, but they didn't do a lot of slow songs. You know, the, no, the stuff didn't. with Sammy coming up here, there's plenty on that. But but these guys, God, that's an awesome song. I loved it, and it's oh, iconic. Yeah. Ten, 10 out of 10 for me as well. Absolutely. Anthony? Yeah, another 10. Um, <laughs> I really honestly think uh, 1984 should have been between Hopper Teacher and this one because I think 1984 fit better with this song than it did with Jump because it's a slower song. And this is kind of a slower song. It kind of it, it blends together better. So you should have started the album with Jump or Panama, and then you know, put 1984 here. I just you know, think already, 1984 should have been scrapped altogether, personally. Or scrapped altogether. Yeah. But I know Eddie, he probably fought for that or whatever. That's the way kind of person he was. 
but yeah, it's a it's a smooth, groovy song. The keyboards are amazing. Um, it thumps. It's smooth, mid-tempo rocker. And I can see this on Miami Vice. I can see Crockett Tubbs going into some place <laughs> and this yeah. song playing easily. Could have slipped into that TV show back in the day. You know, so easy 10 for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Halfway over this side, we're hitting track eight right now, Girl Gone Bad. Song is a it's a very good song, in my opinion. Um, uh, it's not filler, guys. It's a good song. This is not filler. It's a good song. I'm going to give it a seven. I think the guitar work in this, and I think Ross' vocals is pretty solid in this one as well, but I'm, I'm going with a seven on this one. Chris? Yeah, this is uh... – a. This is. I was telling Anthony earlier that that there was one sleeper on this album, and for me, this is a sleeper. Mm. Uh, it, you know, and I'll tell you when when we thought of. I was thinking about this before we started listening to it. I don't really remember this song much from Pat. You know, when I was younger, listening to this a lot. I probably fast forwarded or whatever, but I shouldn't have because it's a really rocking song. It's got a great uh, uh, groove in it, and I'll tell you, it actually. Reminds me a lot of a Van Hagar song, the song Source of Infection. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but but the, the guitar riffs and everything in it sound very similar to that to me. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I just like I would hear that, and every time I'd hear that kick in, I'd be like, man, it sounds like that song. Uh, it's, it's probably better than that song, but yeah, I'm going to give this one an eight and a half because it's it was a sleeper for me. I didn't think it would get that high a score when I first started, but it, it, every... Every time I listened to it this week, it grew on me more and more. So, yeah, this is a solid tune. Eight and a half for me. Excellent, excellent. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to give this one a seven. It's just where I feel like the album kind of dove off the cliff a little bit here towards the end. But, I mean, you've had so many hot songs before this. I mean, anything coming up against it was going to be tough. And, mm-hmm. you know, it has a nice, uh, a nice start. The harmonies are good, but... You know, just kind of missing a hook and that kind of thing that kind of grabs you. Um, the gu- guitar solo is great too, but just some of those songs it doesn't feel like it really grabs you. But it might be a a grower, not a shower. So maybe if I listen to it a little more, right. it'll grow on me. You know, it, it definitely grew on me. And I think if if I listened to this album maybe once or twice, it might have gotten a lower score. But every time, I just find myself liking this song more and more. So. Yeah. Very good. Now, guys, this is going to bring us up to the last song on this uh, this classic album here. It's House of Pain, track number nine. Album's closing out. You're hoping for a major, major blowout. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat I was in a minute ago. Um, House of Pain to me is it's not filler. It's great. It's a good song. It's a seven in my book, guys. I don't think it's the best way to close it out. However, of the songs that I've heard. I really wouldn't. I didn't want to hear anything else last, because everything else just kept me kept me enthused in this record until we get to these last two tracks. So I'm I'm gonna stick with the seven on House of Pain. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, that's what I gave it to. It got a seven out of ten for me as well. It's a nice groove in the song, but uh, I, I thought the lyrics were kind of a mess. Sometimes Dave uh, Dave has a has a knack for just kind of like forcing through lyrics and just kind of I don't know what it is, but but this song is an example of that. Uh, for me, it's the worst song on the album, and, that, and I, that's yep. no disrespect, but but uh, something has to be, and this is it. So I agree. No, I definitely agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah, seven out of ten. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, I actually gave this one eight. It stepped up a notch from the last one for me. 
Um, but again, there's nothing on it that's really catchy like a lot of the other songs. And you know, the guitar work and drums are good. Um, it closes the album week, though. They kind of start week and close week. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter what's the, what the sandwich is made of as long as the interior is good. So, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. So I they had a nice, you know, ham and cheese mixture in the middle. So I'm good with all that. So, okay. so yeah, give it, okay, seven, that, give it a minute. That, cool. I mean, that's 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 totally, you know, to, guys, it's it's in your ears. It's in your mind. It's in your how you feel about these tunes. And I get a vibe that Van Halen has an issue when closing out records. They write a bunch of solid songs, and I'm not saying this one. These aren't. I'm not gonna say these are filler, but that number nine, track, "House of Pain," is close to filler in my opinion. That's all. Um, album is absolutely fantastic. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, I was I was looking for things, you know, throughout this past week for you know positive stuff. I know you guys talked about it. 1984, it did peak at number two on the Billboard charts, behind Michael Jackson's Th- Thriller, which is arguably one of the greatest albums ever made. Uh, yeah. Love him or hate him, you know, it's 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 there. Um, this album is, uh, I think it was, maybe Rolling Stone had listed this as one of the albums that you must listen to before you die. Uh, a thousand albums to listen to before you die. This is like one of the top ones. Um, you know, overall, 84 is an essential listen for both fans of Van Halen who have been there from 78 and new folks that are joined the, joining the uh, legions now. Um, overall for me, it, my opinion is still not the best Van Halen record. Um, however, you can't argue with these iconic songs on here. It is absolutely great. My overall rating on this one comes up to an 8.6. I know it seems low for this record, but, um, that's what mine come up as guys. And, um, I know in theory, this is a nine and a half record or something I'm, on many scales out there, but mine comes up as an 8.6. Uh, Chris, what did, you, what did yours end up doing? Uh, overall, mine got a 9.2 after I averaged everything together. Uh, yeah, this, this to me is an iconic album. It is the best album they ever released, in my opinion. And I know what we've got going forward, and that's not going to change my mind. Uh, I, I, I can't believe this. there was so much turmoil going on with the band, and they released an album like this. It's just, it shows yeah. what great musicians they were. Or they you would have never known it. Yeah, you Never could plow right through uh, with you know, what they had going on internally. It's amazing. I, I'm curious. You said this isn't your favorite. Yeah, is it Van Halen too? Is that what your favorite? Yeah, it, it always has. Been, it has been my favorite since I. I don't know what year I listened to that, but it would have been in my teen years for sure. Probably twelve, thirteen. I'm, rem- I'm trying to remember the order I got these t- cassettes in back in the day, and I'm pretty sure it would have been '84, and then it might have been two one or one and two and then fair warning i remember getting diver down last out of the band band uh the van roth years if you will um but uh i mean i I know what happens next and i follow the band from this day forward you know from from 84 on i was a i was i was hooked if you will um and you know the album i go to every more times than any is the uh course two love it uh you know i probably dream about it sleep about it you know whatever I love that album. This is great. This album's awesome. And this is probably, it could be tied with second with one and this. I mean, honestly, they're both I, I, iconic I think, records. I think most people would, would rate this as their best album. Oh yeah. Right well, I mean, a lot of people are going to, a lot of people are going yeah. to rate one as their best album too. You got to keep that in mind. That, that definitely. The, the, the two bookends of Roth's career are probably the two best. Yeah. 
for sure. Right, right, right. And like I said, it's just my personal stuff. But, uh, Anthony, how about you? How did yours rate out this round? Well, you know me, I go with the fields each time, and uh, I gave it a 9.5. Yeah. I think the last two songs kind of took it from a a 10 to a 9.5, but uh, you can't argue with uh, the the quality of work. If you got to go out, you might as well go out on top. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's no doubt. They they went out on top. I know there was rumors of turmoil long before this record came out, but when they released this, everybody thought it was all good to go, and then a year later, bam, Ross out the door. Um, guys, uh, this has been an exciting first uh, first six records here, right? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Oh, mean, yeah. This career has started off like a firecracker, and to know that one of the greatest frontmen of all time – in my opinion, is getting ready to leave the band or get asked to leave the band. Um, It's going to happen, and we know it happens. And we're going to enter the Van Hagar air next week. Um, Obviously, we're going to roll toward 5150. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a different sound for the band, for those who are following along this journey. Um, This is not going to be your your classic rock in Van Halen. This is going to be a a new taste for Van Halen. It's going to be catered to a more pop central sound in my opinion, but still heavy at times. And don't you guys think that's interesting because the whole beginning part of the strife, I think Dave wanted to take it more pop centric and Eddie wanted to be more rock centric. And it's like somehow along the way, they just kind of flipped uh, the viewpoint there because well, it almost doesn't make sense though because you got to think about it roth wanted to play guitar and, and synthesizers and that keyboard stuff was coming into style back in 80 81 82 83 and 84 obviously mm-hmm. i mean it's weird you know uh and you're right it's a complete flip roth goes on and records an absolutely it's an okay ep with crazy from the heat and then he throws out eat him and smile yeah. oh my god dude that album absolutely destroys yeah. steve vile that thing oh my god and who knows? Maybe that's something we look into at a later date. But I'm telling you guys, uh, this is a, the career is about to change, and right. it's not for the worse in in sales. So we'll get into that well, next actually, week. Actually, you know, actually, I saw that all four of their albums with Sammy Hagar went number one. So yeah, oh mean, yeah, oh yeah, all four of them. So I mean, they were fired on all cylinders with Sammy Hagar. But I mean, there are some killer songs with him too. So, but uh, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a journey. So it's going to be a journey. So I'll tell you guys this: I I felt like I learned some stuff by doing this deep dive with Roth, and I think we'll probably learn some stuff doing the deep dive with Hagar too. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, I I initially thought, honestly, I always thought Eddie was kind of a jerk, the way everything went down, and. I don't feel that as what as much that way now as I did before. I think this Ted Templeman guy had a lot to do with tearing this band apart, and I think uh, Roth did probably more than Eddie. I think Eddie was just, you know, it was his band, and he was trying to like do what he wanted to do, and everybody was trying to get him not to. And you know, when you're a musician like that, and you're really a musical genius, and you want to follow your instincts, and people are trying to get you not to, it has to be frustrating. So I can see why it went south there. Yeah, I mean, Roth also wasn't a founding member either, right? He came into the band later on, so it would kind of make sense, you know, it would be frustrating for, for Eddie, a, a guy they brought in to be a vocalist, 
started trying to take over and do stuff, you know, and it really truly is his band. So, well, I mean, I think we discussed it last week. Uh, at some point, Eddie Van Allen was willing to leave and leave the name Van Halen with with Roth. That's how much they were disagreeing with each other. So that's that's yeah. insane, guys. Yeah. That is insane. Well, guys, let's wrap this up. I know we just hit the uh, the thirty minute marker real close to it, yeah. and uh, we we did go over a little bit long last time. So I want to make sure that we uh, we try to tighten this up a little bit. I'm gonna let everybody know how they can reach us. Of course, you guys know that we're uh, this blog is posted weekly. I know it, we went a little late last week. We didn't I didn't have time to get it posted until earlier today um, for the review. But it is um, it's over on WordPress. You guys just search up Audible Ecstasy Podcast, and you'll find us. Um, you can look us up on Anchor FM. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Audible, ex- Audible underscore Ecstasy. That's E-X-T-A-C-Y. And you can email us at the Audible Ecstasy Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we, we do like uh, interacting with the, with the fans. And uh, certainly uh, I know that we do uh, reply back whenever we get any kind of messages or any kind of uh likes and shares on Twitter. So we definitely appreciate that guys. Um, guys, you have anything else before we close it out? Uh, I so. If, uh, anybody wants to listen to a good podcast, surely you can't be serious. Podcast has some great stuff on Van Halen and uh, vinyl analysis also has some great stuff on Van Halen. That's a couple of those we've been listening to. So yeah, yeah. two good, two yep. solid podcasts. You're right about that. So they need to have a, a nod, uh, Excellent. Go check them out. I mean, they do a incredible job covering Van Halen. So, on on surely you can't be serious podcast. So, I mean, really detailed stuff. So, right on, right on. Well, boys, this has been an awesome journey so far. We're going to start a new chapter in the life of Van Halen next week with fifty one fifty. The Van Hagar era begins, guys. For Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll see you all next week.